Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Adapt This, a DC Animated Universe podcast. These next few episodes, we're talking about Justice League, the Flashpoint Paradox, and its comic book counterpart, Flashpoint. I'm joined by TV's Casey, and we went on for quite some time this episode, and I just can't bring myself to cut really any of it. So we're going to go ahead and make this one a two-parter. That's right. Casey and I went on for, I would say, probably about two and a half hours. And there's just so much to this event that happened in the comics and how it pertains to the movie that I can't really cut it. So we're just going to split it in half or we're going to call it a day. Now, for those of you who don't know, uh, the comics, it was a, a series of a pretty decent run in DC Comics in 2011. It went from May to August. And this particular series had five issues, but the whole series, the whole Flashpoint, because it did go in and out of um, many titles over at DC, was up in the 60s in terms of a headcount, which is absolutely nuts. Uh, there's different creative teams, and they really just kind of disrupted the flow of the story that was going on in their comics at this time to tell this epic story. Not all of it's great, but it certainly is a large scale. Um, the Flashpoint comic, talking issues one through five, the main ones, were written by Jeff Johns and had art by Andy Kubert. Not Adam Kubert, like I messed up a little bit in this episode, Andy Kubert. The animated movie... It was called Justice League, The Flashpoint Paradox, was directed by Jay Oliva, was produced by James Tucker, and was written by Jim Krieg. It stars Justin Chambers, G. Thomas Howell, Michael B. Jordan, Kevin McKidd, Carrie Ewells, Vanessa Marshall, Kevin Conroy, and like many, 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 many others. Nathan Fillion's in there. Anyway, the episode's long enough, so I'm going to cut this without further ado. Let's cue up that music. And let's run back in time to create our own Flashpoint Paradox. Hey Casey. Hey Greg. Welcome back. We're we're doing another we're doing episode. Another, we're doing another episode. Can you believe it? I am I your first returning guest? You're not my first returning guest. Oh, unbelievable. Well, I mean Rob. Well, it's good it's good to know that I'm the first and the last you'll ever have. You're the <laughs> You're the the second you're the first second recurring guest that I've had. Okay, I'll take it. There's that. Um no, Rob was the first recurring guest. But technically, he wasn't. He's he's also the head honcho in charge. It's true. So he had to be. So technically, I'll, I'll say this. You're the first reoccurring guest that is following the same format. Okay, I'll take it. So there you go. <laughs> so technically, you're the first reoccurring guest. Casey, what, what are we reading? What are we talking about? What do we watch? This week, we are talking about Flashpoint mm-hmm. by Jeff Johns and Andy Kubert. Mm-hmm. And we're watching... Mm-hmm. The Flashpoint Paradox. It, I just hate that they added Paradox. Like, they, they made it like a whole, like, why don't you just call it Flashpoint? 
Well, I mean, there's a reason. There's a reason to the madness. So there was, was it because there was a show called Flashpoint? Uh, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. I don't actually know what, what it was about. So apparently it was a Canadian police drama. Okay. Anyways, fl- uh, Flashpoint Paradox. Why are we discussing this? Why did Why is this something that was chosen on the agenda? It's really one of the best adaptations of all time. I think there's there's so much of it that they keep. There's a lot that they streamline. Mm-hmm. Um, and considering I read, what, 66, possibly yeah. more issues in preparation a of lot. this program. Yeah. Uh, they cut out a lot of nonsense that you just don't need they did, yeah. to, to yeah. make them like the main crossover is five issues long. Yes. Which you think, oh, that's short. It's shorter than something like Civil War. It's shorter than Infinite Crisis. You know, the issues aren't like supersized. They're, you know, I think maybe at most 32 pages or something. Yeah, yeah. They're standard size. Yeah. You know, you get a lot of nice double spreads in there. So they're they're honestly kind of a quick read. Yeah. uh, Too. Yeah. But just 61 other tie-ins, it's... It gets outrageous, especially when you're like delving. When you look at the list, yeah, and you're like, really, like Frankenstein and the Creature Commandos, yeah. like, is that, is that really? Well, there's there's a lot really of stuff. Necessary? So, like, I read most of these when they came out. I read a lot of them when they came out. Okay, and this was this was a big deal when this kind of first happened because the DC universe was moving in a direction, and all of a sudden, Flashpoint just put it to a screeching halt, and I. When I was reading it monthly, I, I remembered thinking, like, this must be so frustrating for the creators just, like, working on their own titles and they're building up some, to something. And all of a sudden, they're just like, DC head honcho is like, no, now we're doing this. So you really have to kind of, like, maneuver in a different direction. And there are some things that I think kind of work well. And a lot of uh, now top name creators got their start in these books or maybe a little bit before. Like, Scott Snyder is a big name at DC now. Like He's been writing batman for a while and i've seen all this crazy shit with batman um but he only has he's writing superman in this a three issue um tie-in which is super interesting and it's it's super bizarre it's so weird i love it um and there are some stuff that when i reread it for this show i remember it being better than it actually was like the whole world of flashpoint yeah well they they put they put so much like extra into it. Yeah. That's that's not it's not even really like necessary. Like I you know, I know I sound like a broken record, but it's you, you know, when you have so many issues, you can only have so much. And right. it's it's weird that what gets highlighted and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like Captain Thunder, right? Yeah. You know, you've yeah. got you've got a Shazam Captain Marvel character in there, and it's got before Johns ended up writing captain marvel for what is effectively the first time Mm. you know where he's got the whole family of adopted kids and blah 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 they debut here Hmm. this is their first appearance is it really oh yeah kids i'm not not freddie and mary no not freddie not freddie mary and and billy obviously but i see i never followed captain marvel that closely so i was uh he's got a lot of solid books over the years but i it's just you know some it's either you're you're a fan or you're not well, he's also like a tricky character too, especially for writers to really get right. Yeah, that was an awkward sentence, but because um, you know he, he's a kid and he should act like a kid, but at the same time he also has the you know he's like super smart. 
Yeah, he's got the wisdom of Solomon. I, yeah. I, I don't know if, if he's a character that I could ever write. It just yeah. it because it seems like you'd have to make him dumb for the sake of the story. Yeah, or like at least incredibly naive. Yeah, because it's like when you have the wisdom of Solomon, it's like, well, why why wouldn't I just use this all the time? Yeah, I mean, I guess you could be street smart and book dumb. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Anyways, so Flashpoint, crazy world that they they built out. I actually do kind of wish they spent a little more effort on some of it because like there are the things like I like the the third tier characters that get spotlighted in this. Like it's oh, interesting to me like that the, like, the, uh, the, the, the resistance Secret Seven, is, the Secret Seven, the Resistance, yeah, like Lois Lane and the Resistance. That's super interesting to me. Oh, this is like, also the first um, Grifter. Yeah, it's the yeah. first time you get Grifter in the DC universe, which following this crossover became a mainstay. Yeah, well, so did all of Wild Wildstorm. Yeah, which was also weird. I don't know. I still don't know how I feel about it. like the only Wildstorm character that I think really fits was probably Constantine. He's not even Wildstar. He's Vertigo. No, he's Vertigo. Yeah. So I guess so. You're, in, so you're super wrong. So none of the characters in Wildstorm. None of them work. None of them really work. Well, I guess Grifter kind of works, sort of. Yeah, uh, but you know, it, th- there's like other Wildstorm properties that would work and have worked in a crossover, like Planetary, which is probably the closest DC's ever had to something like Exiles. Right, but I think it's weird to have Planetary in the same universe as the characters that they're kind of sort of parodying right. based and, off of. Not and it's, really. it's also completely unnecessary. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that was like kind of a weird move. Uh, Mr. Majestic worked pretty well, actually. Yeah. But even then, he worked when when he was just from a parallel Earth. Yeah, that was such a cool story. Yeah. I love that. Got your boy McGinnis drawn it. Yeah. Yeah. So those of you who don't know Mr. Majestic listening at home, um, he is a Wildstorm character. He's essentially Superman as a space cop. Yeah. And he has a very, like, I want to say, like, Vegeta mentality. Yeah. He's got no compunctions about killing a supervillain. Yeah. And he's he's like, like, you're a danger to society. I'm going to kill you. And he also like he comes. So there's a point where Superman disappeared. And I think it was because DC's the rights to use him for DC was kind of up in the air. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was during the Superboy lawsuits. Yeah. And that somehow Superman became entangled into that. So instead of just like not printing Superman comics for a while, what they did was they replaced him with Mr. Majestic. Yeah. And they I also think they, had they also did some weird other stuff like they replaced um, like they, a, put, a, they put a, Captain Adam in the Wildstorm universe, didn't they? Yes, but or they, they made him breach. Or that was there was a point to that because that was for Countdown to Infinite Crisis, I believe. Okay, is what that was because he he was breach. He existed in both universes because he was just so powerful. He would just like blink himself into one, mm. essentially, or blow himself up into one. <laughs> um, when in doubt, blow yourself up. Yeah, but Mister Majestic had this really cool scene where he took Green Lantern's ring off of his finger. Because he was too much of a nuisance. Just plucked it right off. Just plucked it right off and then gave it back to him and said, hey, you can have this back. This is your, you, you take this with my permission. Gives him a little pat on the head. And there was a really funny scene, too, where he's in a diner and he has to pay and he doesn't have money. So he takes the waitress's pencil and crushes it into diamonds <laughs> and goes, will this do? And walks away. It was cool. Yeah. Anyways. He is not in this movie. He's not in this comic. movie, but he's really fucking cool. But we like him anyway. We like him anyways. Anyway, so Flashpoint. Um, let's just dive right into the comic. We're going to go issue. So we're going to go do the main. We're not going to do all of the, the side stuff. We'll talk about it as it pertains. We're going to go through the book as we do. And we're going to talk about the movie while we're talking about the book. Because the adaptation is just so close to it. 
Yeah, and I think an important place to start is there's the prelude arc of the Flash. Yes, which is not important. No, except for the one issue that is written entirely from Professor Zoom's point of view, which is really cool. It's really cool, and he, when you are a time traveling bad guy like mm-hmm. Kang the Conqueror, Zarko the Tomorrow Man, or Professor Zoom, mm-hmm. you learn that by manipulating your own time stream, you can do a lot of messed up stuff. But it also makes you sort of megalomaniacal. Yeah. Have you ever had an annoying younger sibling? Me? No. What are you talking about? My siblings are not annoying at all. Not at all. But if they were. If they were. Imagine just deleting them from the timeline. Ooh. Poor Dan never existed. Poor Dan. Wait, that means. Oh, man. Dun, that means dun. that one episode he was on of Bad Cody Funky never happened. It never happened. Or it's the that one episode. really good bit that we had never occurred. Yeah. <laughs> it's And it's the butterfly effect, which yeah. plays hugely into the events of this. Although, in a lot of ways where it doesn't really make sense. So, something happens when time is changed in the past. Right. And we are initially under the assumption that it is Professor Zoom's fault. But... If all he changes is something related to the Flash's life, mm-hmm. how would that affect things like Atlantean Amazonian relations? Oh, so that, Superman crash landing I inside Metropolis. We'll get to that because they talk about. Oh, well, I mean, we'll talk about it at the end. Remind me because they they address that in the movie specifically. Yes, but not they in did. the comic. Book. Not in the comic at all. <laughs> There's like, yeah, fine, sure, and it's like, mm, okay, I don't buy it, but fine. Yeah, I mean, you know. It's a comic about time travel with people in spandex. Yeah. Well, My, you How much are you paying to see this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, something to know about at least the movie. It is available on the DC Universe streaming app. So it's a quick, it's a nice, easy click if you already have that. If yeah. You don't, and the, uh, the comics should be there too, right? I believe they are. I didn't read the comics on there, though. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, I mean, we own them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have actually I have to go through. I bought all the short boxes and new boards and bags and I have to go through and start redoing some. Ooh. of that. Yeah, it's a very exciting time in my life. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Flashpoint. Issue number one. Issue number one of five. Let's go right into it. So the first thing we really see and it's the same in the movie is we have a flashback, although the the weather's a little different. Uh, we have Barry and his mom with their broken down car. And she kind of gives them some like sage, like advice of, you know, like you got to do the work yourself. You can't just go asking other people for for help and, you know, you got to be self-sufficient. Barry to beat the man. You got to be the man. They pretty much. And then she gives him much better advice in the movie though. Yeah. Which is, which is always just keep on moving forward. Essentially. Yeah. Don't look back. Just progress. Yeah. Which makes sense if you're, you know, a character who likes to run places. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't trip, Barry. It's almost like Hal Jordan's dad being like, don't be afraid of anything because someday you will get a magic ring that only works if you're not afraid of anything. <laughs> you know, or Superman's parents saying, hey, if you go out in the sun, you can shoot lasers out of your face. And fly. And, and fly. <laughs> blow hurricanes out of your mouth. Yes. And at some point be replaced with by Mr. Majestic. (laughs) (laughs) 
who is just a much cooler version. We're never going to let it go. Never going to let it go. It's so good. Uh, All right. So we see the origin of kind of Barry just working away, being a scientist, doing his CSI. He was a slow kid. He was a loser, but he worked hard and he got a real job. And then he became the Flash by circumstantial lightning that we learn isn't really circumstantial at all. But, you know. Keeping a bunch of chemicals on your shelf and getting hit, bam, lightning right through the window. But like in, I believe it was in Rebirth, it was revealed that Barry created, future Barry created the lightning that caused him to get his flash powers. Yeah, there was also something like that in the old Mark Wade run of Flash where he ran so fast he became the lightning bolt and he hit himself and he gave himself his own powers. Yep. It's weird. Yeah, that's, that's Rebirth. It's, yeah. We should probably mention that this isn't the first time travel story the Flash has been involved in. But it's, it's one of the more prominent. Ones. It is definitely one of the more prominent ones, but it's yeah. to him. It's old hat. I mean, he has a treadmill sure. that allows him to run through time and which they don't mention in the movie at all. No, they yeah. do not. And they they don't even really mention it in the, the show either. Not that, not that the show is all that great, but it's like yeah. one of the staples of the flash in comics is his cosmic treadmill. Yeah. And it doesn't get any like adaptation love, essentially. Yeah. The only love it really gets is it's. You know, his speed is powered by his girlfriend. It's horrible. Yeah. Uh, wife now. Thank you very much. Oh, sorry. I stopped watching. Oh, I caught up last week. It's not all that great. Oh, boy. Anyways, so we have Flash being a superhero and we kind of get like a good sample of like how he's moved on since his mother's death. Like he's always haunted by this unsolved crime. It was if for those of you at home that don't know his mother's murder was pinned on Barry's father, Henry. And he was never able to, like, really clear his father's name. Yeah, and his mother was basically killed right in front of him. Yeah. So Well, in the in the movie, it's a little different. Yeah. In the movie, he's, like, running home and, like, being a kid, and then he opens the door, and his mother's already murdered, dead on the ground. But if he were only a little faster... If you're only a little faster... Maybe he could have done, done something as an eight-year-old boy. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's i mean yeah it's a, yeah even if he was a little faster he just would have been more he would have been batman at that point yeah <laughs> he was <laughs> little, he little was faster eight seconds away from being batman he could have had a butler could have trained him to <laughs> bat anyway so he talks about how he found love and a family and the family that they're referring to is jake garrick uh excess Mar- uh, max mercury jesse quick impulse actually that's not even impulse that's uh wally's kid yeah she well she is impulse well, yeah, she was at that point, I guess. But uh, yeah. when I say impulse, I always think Bart. Right. Who is at the writing of this story, Kid, Kid, Flash. Kid Flash for the second time. Not pictured in this. Correct. Yes. <laughs> uh, but Wally, and this was the cool time, too, where uh, this is why I love, again, you always hear me talk about how much I love pre-New 52 DC, is because they made it so where Barry and Wally could both be the Flash. Yeah. And it just worked. Like their they, costumes are both the Flash, but they're just mild differences between the two. They change the eyes. They change the eyes. Uh, Wally has more of a nose piece built in his into his cowl, and Barry does not. And his belt uh, is symmetrical and not the wraparound belt, right? Like and, it's the two um, The ears, I think the like the wingtips are a little different. The logo is different. Yes, and he has another zig, I believe, to his zigzag light. You know, Barry has another zig, yeah. And yeah. Wally's is more like pronounced like an emblem. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's re- raised. It's re- it's really cool. Like just these slight differences that make them 
different characters. And then but I think the red is a it's like a metallic red. It's like a deeper red, yeah. yeah, yeah. But like that's the whole thing is they made legacy characters out of Green Lantern, Flash, and even Batman. Yeah. At this point, everybody's got a man. Superman's up next. He's got a kid with powers. He's ready. Yeah. But like, I don't, I always thought that like Connor Kent would be like the successor. Yeah. Because he is different enough and he wouldn't ever just like straight wear the the Superman. It would always be a little different. Whereas some like, like Jonathan Kent, his son, not his father would, I feel like just wear his father's costume. Yeah. As like a, a tribute. But it, to Anyways. me, it seems like it would be very Spider Girl, where you'd have a bunch of people kind of looking to ca- like not cash in on the mantle, but like honor yeah. it in some way. But yeah. she just ends up doing it the best. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But like the I mean, I when the he point, died, four people came out of the woodwork to be him. So I know <laughs> he's very popular. <laughs> the main thing, maybe that's why I think that he's also maybe I think that's why he's like a good successor is because he came out when Clark first died, quote unquote, yeah. died. But this was a time of the successors then you know, being your own person and stepping out of the shadows and, and being a hero in your own right, whether you have that mantle or not. And then New 52 pretty much just undid all of that. Yep. Which is what frustrated me the most. Uh, but anyways, this is this intro. When we first get into the actual meat and potatoes of Flashpoint, I love it because it doesn't give you any backstory. No. It just throws you in and you like the first panel is Barry sleeping on his desk as Barry does. And he gets yelled at by his buddy force. Who's like, come on, we got to wake up. We got to, you, you got to like work on this case. You got to figure out, or you got to figure out who killed miss alchemy. And, and right like, away, like who? when you, I read that, I'm like, who the hell is miss alchemy? Yeah. And everyone's without a beat. And all of a sudden that you're hearing about citizen cold central city's greatest hero. And you know something's amiss. And Barry is like kind of half awake. So he's kind of trying to figure it out too. And he's like, do you mean Captain Cold of like the rogues? And everyone's like, who's the rogues? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? And he's like, this is something wrong. I have to get out of here. So he does his like hero run. Yeah. Very dramatic. Arms like. (laughs) (laughs) Determined look on his face. Yeah. And he looks over on his left hand for his flash ring no costume baby and he trips down the stairs and he looks up to find his mother asking if he's all right and he's just like what he's yeah and and as a reader too you're like i just read a couple pages about how you this character died and the impact it had on him and even though it like was an obsession of his he overcame it and kind of moved on a little bit. Right. There was closure in his life as an adult. Right. And he is just dumbfounded. She fills him in that, you know, I'm here because you you promised to take me to dinner on my birthday and it's my birthday. Totally normal. Like, yeah. Like, she's not like, yes, I'm back. I'm alive. Yes. Thanks to Dark Side, our Lord and Savior. <laughs> <laughs> Nora Allen. Believer of anti-life. <laughs> uh, the harbinger of dark side. We do find out his father is dead, though. Yes. From yeah, a heart that, attack. That is a difference. Yeah. Uh, we find that out a little bit later, I believe. Yeah. But yeah, like one of those th- one of those interesting twists where he can have one and not the other. Yep. It's never going to be a perfect world for you, Barry. 
No. No matter how much the time stream changes. Definitely not for the Waynes, but we'll get into that. Oh, will we? <laughs> um, so he's kind of like, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, of course, whatever. Gives, gives her a big hug. Can you imagine? I just want, like, let's just picture this. You're going about your day, and you go to see Ellen, and she gives you, like, the biggest hug like she's never seen you in 15 years. Yeah. Can you just imagine, like, like what do you... I just saw you, like, an hour ago. Yeah. I like, saw what? you yesterday. Yeah. Can you imagine having someone be, like, how weird that must be to have someone so excited to see you that, like, it's almost like the excitement of a dog? <laughs> and it's like, I just saw you. Like, what's what's going on? Yeah. I... Uh, <laughs> it, that always runs through my mind whenever I see, like... This, like, this is a, a trope, for sure. It's been used many a time. Ah, the it, old classic, what if I don't see somebody for 15 years and they hug me a little too tight? <laughs> What if in my timeline, you've been dead for 20 something years, but in your timeline, I saw you yesterday. Parallel Earths be tripping. Yeah, I love Parallel Earths. But he says, good to see you. And he's kind of walking with his mom and he's just like, hey, mom, I have something I need to tell you. This is a big secret. Don't go telling everyone. But I'm the Flash. (laughs) And she's she's like, like, what? Who? (laughs) The what? You the, do what in your the spare classic, time? Classic Barry. Guardians of the Galaxy. Who? <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, I know. So yeah, so she, he's like you know, in the Flash. in the movie. In the movie, she thinks he's gay. <laughs> <laughs> Which so I, good. it's a great. It's what a great change. It's so funny. She's like, I know you like I, men. It's he's like, like a, what? It's no. like I've I've always known, and I'm okay with it, Barry. It's fine. And she, and he's just like, no, man, I'm not. Hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a man who enjoys wearing spandex and punching other sweaty men. Which also, Nora Allen, good for you. Yeah, good for you. Good for you being ahead of your time, right? Yeah. And so he goes, he's like, oh, you know, like the Justice League, Superman. She goes, no, I've never heard of any of those. He goes, Batman. She goes, ah, Batman. Oh yeah, well, I know Batman. I know Batman. That motherfucker's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut to Gotham City, and. I love this interpretation of oh, Batman. Oh, it's a great sequence. This is probably, like, I was really thinking about, and I did a little bit of research on all of, like, the Elseworlds Batman that are, like, usually, like, up there. So you would think, like, Red Sun, Batman, yep. uh, Gotham by Gaslight, Dracula Batman. Yep. Um, What else was there? Trying to think of what you're, I know what you're trying to do. You're thinking of all the costumes from Arkham Origins, aren't you? Yeah, that's really what I'm trying to do. <laughs> oh, what's the one that, that Zack Snyder ripped off? Uh, Dark Knight Returns. Well, Dark Knight Returns, sure, but there was JSA, Liberty Files. Liberty Files, there's Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond. This interpretation of Batman is one of my favorites. Yeah. He's ruthless. He's older. He's got the glowing red eyes. He's got glowing terrifying. red eyes. That's like. Can you imagine being, it was Adam Kubert, right, that did, did this? Uh, Andy. Andy, Andy Kubert, sorry. Yeah. Can you imagine Andy's just like, man, how can I make Batman more terrifying? And then you're just like immediately like, well, he only has white eyes. You give him the glowing evil Superman red heat vision eyes the whole time. And that's oh going to make God. him instantly more terrifying. Yep. Um, his costume is more or less the same with the exception of the red eyes. The bat logo is a little bit different. The his cape is- has like spiked pauldrons. Well, that too, yeah. 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 I mean, some um, versions of Batman have that. Yeah. like Not a, all, but some. Yeah, like Sam Keith drawn Batman or something like that. The circle in the Bat logo is smaller in red, and his utility belt is red. Yes. 
And it is is gloves are a little loose fitting too. They look. Yeah, he's a, he's also a bigger man. He's a much bigger man. He's, he's huge. Bigger dude. I really liked the voice actor that they got for him. I misremembered when I first started watching this. I thought that Ron Perlman did the voice of this Batman. Oh no, he's he's Deathstroke. I know. Which we'll talk about that too. How the movie is one hundred percent fan service. Oh, and he's an alcoholic. Oh, Thomas. Yeah. He's got a yeah. His utility belt has a flask in it. It's yeah. It's right there. I see it. <laughs> um, Batman soaring through the skies on his like like he does. He's Batman. You know, he's swinging around, grappling, hooking around, and he's chasing. It looks like an alternate Earth version of Harley Quinn. It, it oh I I think that because it has it's Hinden Walsh who does the yeah. voice in the movie. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's Yo Yo, um, and he's just like, "Where's the Joker?" And she's like, "I'll never tell. You'll have to kill me." And he's like, "All right." <laughs> and <laughs> he's well. What's cool too is we get like a little like little breadcrumb here too because it turns out that the Joker kidnapped Judge Dent's twins. Tw- twins. Which is amazing. I love that. They don't talk about that in, in the movie. It's just Judge Dent. Yeah. Which is also sounds like a crazy hero or villain. Well, as well. you know, it makes sense. I mean, you do time as a district attorney. Eventually, you yeah. try to make your way up to judgeship. Yeah, that's true. So he pretty much threatens or he takes out one of his batarangs, which are even sharper than Batman's. Yep. Or like, you know, the Batman that we know and threatens her. And she goes, I'm not going to tell you. And he says, OK, and just like throws her off the building completely content and she is in complete free fall like yeah she's gonna like hit he, that pavement like he's not doing the the whole batman begins throw a rope around the leg and interrogate that way he's yeah, just like you won't tell me she's I'm, not no dangling nothing just all right bye yeah you get out of here you're useless to me saved by cyborg and this is one of the, like the first times that we see cyborg at least that i can think of represented as more than a member of the team Titans. he's superman He's Superman in this world. He literally has the moment where he swoops in right before she hits the ground and, and, yep. and he and catches her. Um, also, he's like eight feet tall. And he's super wide. He's huge. He's ginormous. This ain't your daddy's cyborg. This I'll ain't tell you that. this is your dad. This is your grandpa's cyborg. He's a he's a big man. He's a big guy. Um, cyborg kind of puts her down and goes and tries to chase after Batman. And he's just like. Batman is just like he's like you should have let her hit the ground. Yeah, you should have let her hit the pavement. You should have let her hit the ground. <laughs> he, he's constantly just growling. It's so, I'm I'm pretty sure that's so, part bear at this point. He I don't, he never does the Batman squint because he's always squinting. He's always squinting. He's always growling. In the comic, it's just like M R R R R R R F F F F. So it's just a all the time. All the time. It's so good. He's he's just so he's so mean. Like imagine the meanest Batman that you can think of, mm-hmm. and then just like triple it. <laughs> he's the meanest. I, I he's got yeah he is. I I think he even outdoes Dark Knight Returns Batman as being just an old crotchety Batman. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cyborg kind of tries to recruit him to be a part of what's going to be his Justice League essentially. Yeah, because there there was a Justice League, mm-hmm. but they kind of fell apart because mm-hmm. the world is really falling into ruin mm-hmm. with Atlantis and Themyscira. the, the yeah, Themyscira being at yeah. war. Man, 
not a lot of great candidates. No. Uh, well, it, so th- this like I love these little things that they do here. And even if you never read any of like the the offshoots or like the the miniseries that come out of this, this whole like splash page of who's on the hologram phone call essentially the group call yeah the hologram facetime if you will <laughs> um you really get a sense for how crazy this world is it's he's using a siphone because he's cyborg that you're fired okay come on. <laughs> <laughs> um so you have from right to left you have um miss element who is essentially metamorpho she's the girl metamorpho she's girl lady metamorpho yeah, you, and she's, you have, she's wacky. You, you, yeah, she's got a few screws loose, for sure. You have Citizen Cold, who is obviously Captain Cold. You have The Outsider, who I've never heard of him before. He is based on the Earth-1 version of Alfred. Um, Interesting. So, so pre, pre-crisis, like, Golden Age Alfred. Okay. Okay? Um, who died. They killed off Alfred. Jeez. Yeah. He he died saving Batman and Robin from like a boulder or some stupid crap. Okay. And he was resurrected as this like weird like zombie concrete yeah. man. Right? Yeah. And he was a bad guy. Hmm. Yeah. And I think they also they did this in uh in Earth um three or the mm-hmm. antimatter universe. That mm-hmm. version of Alfred is also the outsider. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I mean he's got the white suit, he's got the purple tie and he's a proper looking guy yeah you have sandman in the back this is not him though this is actually a, an indian guy like okay. a billionaire criminal Wait, is his name like Farooj or is that the other guy uh that's the other guy he's okay. he's hunting down another guy yeah who is like a living battery power yeah yeah you don't really actually get too much of that no they they kind of talk about it a little bit in here, and then they go, "Oh, read this more in the Outsider," and yeah. then that's about it. It's, and uh, then and then I'm like, "No thanks." <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. I mean, the other I'm guy's good. got a cool mask, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, Sandman's back there, Enchantress. You have an interesting looking version of the Pied Piper. There's another guy there that looks kind of like a ginger David Bowie, but he's not really important. Yeah. Um. You have the guy in the hockey mask that, or the ski mask that we we're just talking about. Yep. Uh, Blackout old, is the name, I think. Blackout. Yeah, Blackout. Yeah. I was going to say have, Mr. Zappy, but that's not true. <laughs> yeah. You have um, the Green Lantern of Sector. What's our sector again? 2814. 2814. No, folks, that's not Hal Jordan. It's, it's Abin Sur. Abin Sur. So this is something that they changed in the movie that I was really bummed about. Yeah, he is. He's alive in this. In in the yeah. movie, he's just dead. Like his is he dead or is he in hibernation? I think his body is in stasis. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So in in the movie, they were like, "Oh yeah, his ring just took off into space." Yep. Instead of going to Hal Jordan, it just took off into space. Yeah, because there was somebody else much better at being a Green Lantern than Hal Jordan in this reality. <laughs> well, don't they ex- explain it too? That so that. Must have been closer to that that alien that got it or that being that got it. Yeah, they because it doesn't it really doesn't matter. It's just the fact that Hal Jordan is just a pilot. Yeah, he's just a pilot. And Guy Gardner is just a bartender. Yeah. In Australia. In Australia. He went to anger management. He found the Buddha. (laughs) (laughs) He has no anger management whatsoever. Yeah, he's totally fine. It's so good. 
And then you have a whole collection of kids and a pet tiger that when they say the magic word Shazam turn into none other than Captain Captain Thunder, Thunder. who is badass looking in this. Oh, man, his face is all jacked up. It's all jacked up from Wonder Woman. Yeah, it's so cool. So this is kind of like the ragtag team that um, Cyborg tries to put together. And his whole plan is to have Batman as the tactician. He's the world's greatest tactician. So he wants him on there. And essentially, uh, what we'll learn a little bit later, we'll talk about now is they're all here because they think Batman's going to be on board. They think Cyborg can talk him into it. Yeah. And also, uh, this is an interesting continuity in that Batman still has sort of that urban legend yes. aspect to him. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it's kind of hokey most of the time that it's done. Mm-hmm. But here it sort of makes sense because, like, villains are just ending up dead in Gotham. Yeah. Like, There's people no are just, di- they're just it. dying. They're going yeah. missing, like, and nobody can figure out why. And they're no, like, yeah. well, I've heard rumors of this mysterious Batman. And, like, Cyborg knows because, you know, he's. He can Part jack of the into government. every single satellite ever and yeah. webcam feed and all that. So his, he can his powers that. are super bullshit. Sixty four. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think what's interesting too about Batman in this tale is that he hangs out around these casinos that he's built. Yeah. And, because it um, keeps crime close to him. Yeah. So it's great. Was, it's literally just like having a giant light in the middle of like a blackout and having all of the bugs come to you yeah. and just killing them like moths to a flame. It's so genius. It's so cool. Um, we cut back to Barry kisses his mom. Good. Goodbye. Looking for Iris. Iris, much to his chagrin is in love with someone else has never heard of him. Yeah. No one's really heard of Barry. And he's just, de- he's just like, <gasps> It's just literally that one, like, I want to call it the Dragon Ball Z panel. Yeah. Or like the anime shock panel. It's like <laughs> that oh, really, no. really close zoom in. Yeah. Eyes like super wide. Iris's hand super small. It's like, where else can I go? What can I do? Nora feels like she's being watched. We catch a very brief glimpse of what looks like Professor Zoom. He's sneaking around. He's sneaking around. He's being zoomy zoom. So he. Asked to borrow his mother's car, and then all of a sudden we're back in Gotham City, back on that uh, rooftop, talking about Cyborg's big plan. He gives this big speech, and he's got like that big, like, who's with me with the pose and the arm stretched out. And everyone's kind of like, what does Batman think, though? Yeah. (laughs) Everyone is like kind of, I think what uh, Miss Element's the only one who's like, I'm in. Yeah. That's it. She just wants to be part of the team. Yeah, she wants to be part of any team. She just wants to like be included in something, which makes me very sad for her. Mm. She's very cute. Yeah. I mean, physically she's very cute, but she's also like her whole character is very cute. She doesn't get a tie-in, though. Yeah, I know. That's such a... Can you imagine the tie-in? Yeah, her? It, it would be wild. You would you could see everything that's happening from her perspective. It would have it would been be, so Everything good. would be bright colors and rainbows and sunshine and unicorns. Yeah. Uh, if you like Element Woman, there is a really great Sandman story hmm. about uh, Urania Blackwell, who is the main universe uh, Element Woman. Yeah, and she's like she's like an a veteran. She's dealing with PTSD, and she's just like kind of looking for a way to sort of commit suicide Ooh, because it's it's just hard to li- like Metamorpho 
you know, he can change his body into any shape or whatever, yeah. right? But he can't look like a normal person. Right. Um, and, you know, as a woman, that's even harder because, you know, your your entire life you're going to be judged on your looks. Yeah. As unfortunate as that is, I should add. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's really a touching story and it, it stands alone from pretty much everything else. Um, it's, it's just been one of my That's favorites. Crazy. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. But, but anyways, uh, this one's fun. This one's and not, she's and not she, she's like, uh, if Her, you want to picture Dexter's laboratory, she's a lot like his sister. Yeah. It's if Dee, Dee grew up and had these freaky mutant powers. It's the best way I can put it. They're all, they are all squabbling amongst themselves and, because Captain Thunder, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Shazam. Fun fact, Captain Thunder was a name they briefly used for Captain Marvel when they sort of had the rights, sort of didn't, but yeah. were, they were locked in a lawsuit with Fawcett Comics. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder if like Shazam will just end up using Captain Thunder, like the movie. Huh. Because they never actually say what his name is. They, they really settle on Captain Sparklefingers. Captain Sparklefingers. But... You know, they can't really do that for too much longer. Anyways, right. because Captain Thunder is two, four, six kids and a tiger who looks like who looks like a <laughs> he's six kids in a people. trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> they just stack on top of one another. <laughs> they have to put it to a vote and the vote is pretty much split down the middle. Like, because of course yes it is. or no. Right. So they go, well, what do we do? And they they say the the smart one of them says Eugene. Well, why don't Eugene says, why don't we just ask Captain Thunder? They say Shazam. And you he just gives see a this very like, definitive. Oh, man. Like this, like picture Captain Marvel. And if you don't know what Captain Marvel is, picture Superman, essentially. The big red cheese. He's got these like in a picture if Wolverine slashed his face. So he's permanently scarred. And he's never recover in his costume either. His costume is torn to bits. His yeah. His face is all scratched Which, up. when they transform later, too, it's still damaged. Yeah. I he think that was a recovers. really interesting touch. I think so, too. Yeah. So no matter what they do, there's a sense of permanence. Because before right. with Captain Marvel, he gets hurt. You say Shazam, turn back into Billy. You say Shazam again, you're back to Captain Marvel, but you're right. back at, like, status quo Captain Marvel. Right. This one, he's damaged, and he's itching for revenge. He's mad. He's mad. He's, he's not friendly. Mm-mm. But he is like Captain Planet in that it takes six teenagers with attitude yeah. to make him. Yeah. And <laughs> sorry, I couldn't resist. And a, and a oh tiger. yes, and a cat. Um, at that point, Batman says, "Forget it. I'm not. Yeah. This is like, stupid. This is, this is ridiculous." And then everyone's like, "Wait a minute. You don't got Batman? All right, fine. None of us. You don't have any of us." And then they say, "This is a cool line." He says, "They say it's suicide. It's too dangerous." And that is a really nice little touch. They never really play on it too much in the book, but in the movie, Batman says something of like, you know, now that I've joined your suicide squad. Yeah. And it's like, hey, yeah. which is funny because the there's a follow up to this movie mm-hmm. in Suicide Squad Hell to Pay. Really? Yeah. I don't, I don't think I watched Hell to Pay. Oh, man. Uh, I, I don't. You could you could cover it on the show because that is it's sort of a. Half adaptation of Gail Simone's run on uh, on Secret Six. I'll have to watch that. Yeah, I, I just oh. have to watch that in general because mo- most, if not all, of these movies I've seen already. I'm super glad I didn't just blurt out the twist then. Yeah, don't blurt out the twist. Oh no. Anyways, anyways, yeah. yeah. So sorry. <laughs> I hope I don't figure it out for editing it in post. <laughs> no. I, <laughs> okay. I I will say just watch the movie after okay, we're done tonight. 
Um, anyways, so you see Cyborg looking really defeated, really down on, on himself, really kind of bummed. And we got to Barry stuck in traffic for probably the first time in his adult life. Yep. And he's just trying to get to Gotham City. And he's just really frustrated. He finally gets to Wayne Manor. And of course, because he's been there a million times, because Wayne Manor, he knows he asked for Alfred. He's saying hello. Wayne Manor is just like disheveled. Like there's um, sheets a, all over all the totally furniture. Abandoned. It's completely abandoned. He goes right for the clock that you go for the secret entrance to the Batcave. He walks all the way down and the Batcave is I want to say bare bones. It's a couple of tables. It's and a two tables, books. a map of Gotham, a chair, a family portrait, a utility belt, and a and gun in a glass gun. jar. Yeah. The infamous gun that killed the Waynes. Yes. Or in he this looks case, over at the family portrait. Wayne's and singular. Shh, we'll get to it. I know. I know. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just very literally, excited. like, I think it's the next the next thing we're talking about yeah but anyways so you see the waynes you see like the family portrait everyone's looking happy and smiling and then all of a sudden batman comes out of nowhere and just like throws barry into the table with the utility belt it's like who are you he just and he flips over the table it's like he doesn't even care yeah he's like bruce stop yeah i'm your friend Bruce, bruce wait i'm your friend i'm your buddy can't don't you remember me this is the only time you see Batman's eyes not squinting. Yeah, he they they light up a little bit more, but they're they still red. Bit. They're still lit, lit up red, but now they're a little lightened. They're a little shocked. And Batman says something that when you're reading this, you're just like, what is going on? Like I remember I first read this. I was like, what? It says Bruce is dead. I watched him die. And then it flashes to the family portrait. And it turns out that that fateful night on Crime Alley when the unsuspecting Waynes were coming home from Mark of Zorro, Mark of Zorro, and they got mugged by Joe chill. Thomas Wayne stepped up to the plate and wrestled the mugger down only to have a single shot go off and hit his son, Bruce killed instantly. Eight years old. Thomas Wayne is the Batman of the flashpoint world. It's so cool. Like, like imagine you have all these alternate versions of Batman that exist, and they're pretty much all Bruce Wayne. Yep. So, like, except for the one time Superman becomes Batman, except for the one time Superman. <laughs> but even then, wasn't he still Bruce? No, it's it's uh, it's if Kal El was found by the Waynes. Right, I remember that. But like, was his name Clark Wayne? I. Th- Oh, you know what? Now I'm not sure. I think I don't know. I I I know of it, but I didn't read it. But I don't remember there being another kid there. Yeah. No, they I feel like the Waynes just didn't have a kid. Yeah. That's what I think too. And they found this cool alien space baby that they raised to be a bat. Wait, no, that's definitely mm-hmm. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this brings us into issue two. Yes. Where we're on the seven seas. With Captain Ahab, I mean Deathstroke. Yar, I be Deathstroke. And you have this is another little cool little like fan servicey thing too. In the movie, Deathstroke is voiced. We said earlier is voiced by Ron Perlman, who yep. also voiced Deathstroke in the Teen Titans, Go and cartoon. voiced Clayface, who is a member of his crew. Yeah, which is really fucking cool. Yeah. Um, 
He also works with Lex Luthor in the movie and in the book. Lex died as a child. He was fed to crypto. He was fed to an enraged crypto who's being manipulated by uh, Subject Zero. Subject Zero, who was kind of like trying, like the U.S. government trying to make Superman, but kind of failed. Or or they were too successful. They were too successful, whichever way you want to kind of go about that. Uh, Anyways, they have. Is that vibe? Uh, yes. So they have a, someone who can like sense like sonar and stuff like that. No, it's, it's sonar. It's just sonar. Oh, it's just sonar. Okay. Yeah. So, so they have them kind of hooked into to be their sonar, essentially, to make sure that like they can see all the rubbish and stuff they need to do and not because get... you think that, you know, it's not like technology is that much different. You think they'd have like actual sonar and not a superhuman named sonar. I mean, like, you you got to figure. So think about like. This is something I've thought about a little bit. You yeah. think about humans. Yeah. And maybe it's just my pessimistic view on things, but uh-huh. humans are generally lazy beings. In my experience. Yeah. Imagine you have beings that can do the things that you want technology to do. Do you think that that technology would get invented as quickly or be as readily available? Or do you just try to hook someone up into something? There's a lot of hooking people up into things. <laughs> There's in this a lot series. of it. Um, it's also kind of like it's getting to be a post-apocalyptic world as well. Yeah, uh, we so didn't really cover the the framework of the world yet because Barry has sort of yet to discover it. Right, and I think that's also interesting for this series as well. Is right now we're in issue two, right? And we have, I mean, we've talked about it like very high level about what's going on, but we, we don't know. No, we, you on. would know nothing. You would know nothing at this point. Yeah. Um, and this is going to be the first taste that we get it, but why this world is kind of beat up and seems a lot darker and things like that. So they see Slade and it's Deathstroke and the Ravager is the name of his ship, which I think is a nice little touch as well. Yeah. And he's looking for his daughter who is Ravager in the regular universe. Yeah. Yeah, But also that was the son's name too. Oh yeah. Yeah. There are two Ravagers. What Jericho? No, he had two sons, Jericho and then he had another one. Oh, come on. Yeah. You didn't gotta, know this? I got to up my game in my Deathstroke lore. Because <laughs> that was character was also an arrow. Okay. Grant Wilson. Okay. He is also, he was, he was the first Ravager, and I believe Rose was, at least pre-New 52, he was the first, Rose was the second. Gotcha. Rose was crazy. Yeah, man. Rose wanted to be so much like her father that she tore out her own eye. She cut out her own eye in front of her father. It's to pretty demonstrate. It's, it's a pretty metal way to do it. It's like, it's so dad, amazing. I will be you. Yeah. You'll see. I'm just like you. Stabs out. eye. It's yeah. like, oh, damn. Um, and then it was the wrong. eye. know I'm just kidding, was right. <laughs> <laughs> whoops. So they see another ship and it's just got all these dead bodies on it. And you get a pan out and you realize you're in Paris and the Eiffel Tower is just submerged underwater. Yep, Atlantis flooded all of Western Europe. Deathstroke sees this, and he's just like, we need to get the fuck out of here immediately. (laughs) And Aquaman and Ocean Master jump aboard in this, like, pretty epic panel. Aquaman wearing fucking, like, a wine or a blood red. If you, so, like, this is, okay, let's let's play a fun, describe that look. It's not a monster, because, I mean, he's a monster. Describe that monster. Aquaman yeah. looks quite a bit dif- different. In Imagine this. if Aquaman was a Nazi. Da, 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 da. That was literally what I was going to say. Really? 
That's literally what it's I the, was it's the say. haircut, I think. It's the haircut. It's the fact that it's like the blondest of blonde. It's like Marshall Mathers bleach blonde hair. Oh, God. He's got the blue eyes. He's it's like it is definitely that crew cut. He's got like it's not the orange scales that we know. It, it is blood red. The greens are super muted. Uh, it's just crazy. Ocean Master looks just like Ocean Master. Yeah. There's there's nothing really crazy about him. I think the red kind of matches his brother. Uh, he, Aquaman still has the belt buckle. And, and he's got it on his. He's got the logo on the shoulders, too. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah. No hook uh, hand, though. He's got both hands. He's got both hands. Yep. I think he had both hands at this point anyways, right? Or did yeah, he still have water I just, hand? I think a lot of people are f- just familiar with hook hand Aquaman. Yeah, that's true. Anyways, he kills Deathstroke immediately. Yep. No survivors. And this is the first t- taste that you get of this Aquaman. Because at this point, too, like in comics and in pop culture, Jason Momoa Aquaman hasn't really happened yet. It yeah. hasn't even been a thought yet. So people are still kind of going with the, let's call it robot chicken joke Aquaman. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh, he talks to fishies and he does all these things. And He's and straight anyone up. who's ever picked up an Aquaman comic in their life knows that that's not the case. Right, right. I'm not saying that's the case, but that's that's the um, still I public consciousness the, of Aquaman. Yeah, the, the public perception of Aquaman at this point. Yep. So to see him murder Deathstroke immediately yep. is wild. Split. Now we're back in the Batcave. Oh, and here, here, and I think this is where we're going to be doing. Role play theater. World famous adapt the piece role play role play theater. Yes. So I believe Casey's gonna be Batman. I will be Batman. I will be Barry Allen. And we have pretty much right where we left off. Batman is holding Barry Allen against the wall. And shit, what do I want to do for Barry? <laughs> I might do I'm Rick Moranis. Try, I'm gonna do Surfer. <laughs> I'm gonna do Surfer Barry Allen. <laughs> okay, is what I'm gonna try to do. My God! And then we get a close up of Barry Allen, like really just pressed up against even further against the wall. Um, he says that night in Crime Alley, Bruce wasn't Bruce was killed, wasn't he? Instead of you. Now it's starting to more Keanu Reeves, but that's fine. I didn't want to say it. I know how much you <laughs> love him. What are you doing? And Batman breaks uh, Barry's fingers. Oh! Crack. Crack. We hear another crack. It's a brutal panel. We see in the background, um, we get a top-down view of Batman and Barry Allen. We see the the t- shattered table. Fifty percent of the tables have been shattered in the Batcave. <laughs> it's 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 WrestleMania all over again. <laughs> and um, Barry is kneeling down on the ground, holding his hand like a says, widow baby, like a widow baby who just says, had all of his fucking fingers broken. <laughs> he says, "You broke my finger, almost broke my arm." I'm going to break every bone in your body until you tell me who the hell you are and why the hell you're here. Did what? the Joker send you? What? No. My name is Barry Allen, but like you, I have another identity. I'm the Flash. After I was struck by a bolt of lightning, I became the fastest man alive. <laughs> now I'm just right. turning to the Californians. <laughs> 
Clocks him right in the face. Right in the face. Blood splatter everywhere. You weren't fast enough to avoid that, you delusional sick son of a bitch. And it's so <laughs> fucking because All you see is like Barry like hunched over and Batman towering over him with those red eyes. I just love that Batman's test of him being a super speedster was to smack him in the mouth. Punch him in the face. <laughs> That's because I don't have my powers, Dr. Wayne. And no one remembers there ever being a flash. Batman goes for another punch and yeah. Barry he's, is he's winding up. Fortunately, smart enough to duck. Oh, yeah. He is winding up in that previous. Panel. Yeah, he's winding up. <laughs> he's like, I'm not. He's like, I can't deal with this shit right now. <laughs> I'm not your enemy. And I need your help. You came to the wrong place. And then Batman. he puts him through another table. Ooh. 100% of the tables in the Batcave are now decimated. There are no flat uh, platforms of any kind Nothing. to read a book or do a drawing. Perhaps he could get him through a steel chair. The jury is still out. <laughs> I must be on a different Earth or trapped in one of Mirror Master's mirror worlds. Get up. He says, Batman says, as he literally grabs uh Barry from behind by the collar and just lifts him up and he is what kind of strangle him or like crush, crush his head <laughs> crush his head or something before Barry starts having a seizure yeah he's like and then Barry starts going Whoa! and then we get this like crazy splash page of timelines converging really if you think yeah. about it so we see this and this is like the first time that we really see what is happening in this world because we're following Barry and he says it happened last year Aquaman and Atlantis flooding Europe and before that Wonder Woman leading the Amazons on a blitzkrieg in London my memories are changing this isn't a parallel earth or a mirror world this is home it's this is real. And now I'm turning more into Michelangelo. <laughs> <laughs> so we see um, Aquaman kind of like in Paris as it's flooded, swimming around. And then we, we do see Wonder Woman just taking over London. And at the bottom of all of it is Barry's face. On the left side is pretty much the zoom emblem. Yeah. And on the right side is the flash emblem. Colors are a little wishy-washy, but that's kind of the gist of it. Um, That's the first thing you've said that made sense. With the super Batman glare. Oh, big. T- it's it's like it's it's the thinnest it could possibly be. Oh, man. Any any thinner in his eyes would be closed. Yeah. And then the flash ring falls out. I'll show you my costume. <laughs> <laughs> My ring. <laughs> <laughs> my ring, he says, uh, Barry says, as he picks up the the flash ring. So if anyone has never seen the flash ring before, it's literally just a gold ring um, with a flash emblem on it. How does? Oh, sh- but how does he get it in there? But how does he? Get- how does he? Get a million folds at super speed. <laughs> I imagine it's super annoying. I'll show you. I'm telling the truth about who I am. I can prove it. I keep my uniform hidden in a compartment in this ring. It's made of a friction-proof material that expands on contact with the air. 
and then he presses in on the button <laughs> and it reveals Professor Zoom, aka the reverse flashes. Dun 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 dun. We'll raise the curtains again or close them. However, a theater works. I don't know, but we're gonna do something with <laughs> curtains. There's gonna be more crowds. And, that's it. and this is kind of like the big thing, right? And this is where we first get the sense that Professor Zoom is behind all of this. Because Barry thinks Professor Zoom is behind everything. All of this. Everything. <laughs> Um, you know, you ever watch that Invader Zim episode where Zim keeps going back in time and messing with Dib's life, and he just becomes more and more robotic? And he's yes, like, I do remember that. Did one. I always have this lisp? Have I always walked like this? It's like you. It was you and the pigs. <laughs> That's Barry. Yeah, <laughs> That's, That's Barry <laughs> and Professor Zoom. So he's just parent. He's always like, it's it's reverse flash. And Batman's just kind of like, why would his uniform be in your ring? And it's actually, the movie's a little bit different, right? Yeah. Because in the book, it's just like you said, he's just like, it's Aobard Thon. And I, I like that line too. It, in both the movie and the book, he's like, what kind of name what is Aobard? <laughs> it's from the future. <laughs> it's from the future. I don't know. And then in the movie, the uh, Batman figures out or not figures out, but theorizes that it's professor zoom, the yeah. reverse flash doing all of this. But in the book, Barry is dead set on the fact that it's the reverse flash. Yeah. Eventually Bruce or Bruce, sorry, I keep on seeing Batman. I always want to say Bruce. Eventually Thomas yeah. Wayne ends up believing kind of Barry because he Barry starts talking about this other world that he's from that he remembers where Bruce is alive, where Thomas died, and Thomas wants that to happen, which I think is very interesting. Yes, it's a very cool, neat little. It's twist. a it's a very dad thing too. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's like I mean, he's, he is a good parent. Like he was a, a good parent when Bruce was alive yeah, in this if, world. If you had to live to see your son die, wouldn't you want to? take it all back yeah even if it meant your own life just to see him live yeah absolutely the one thing that they don't talk about in this book but we are going to talk about it right now is the identity of the joker yes so we talked about how all those years back in that faithful fateful night in crime alley that bruce died well martha wayne also survived and the fact that she was holding her dead child um, and his blood all over her hands. Yep. She snapped. And Completely. Crazy and became the Flashpoint Joker. It's so wild. Per- it's fucking crazy. And in the, the movie, too, they do it so well because she's holding him and she puts um, her her, uh, hand bloodied her hand to her mouth. And it's just like, holy shit. And then she takes it off and it looks like the Joker smile. Yeah, and then she starts like cracking up. She starts laughing like maniacally. In the uh, in the comics, it it appears to take a little bit more time. Like she's seeing therapists yeah. and stuff, and, and just Thomas is trying to like move on with his life and figure shit out. But yeah, she completely loses it one day where she just cuts her face open like the Ledger Joker. Yeah, and this is also when the Ledger Joker was a big thing too. So like every iteration of the Joker looked kind of like the Ledger Ledger Joker. Yeah. 2011 like, was a was a year, it, all right. <laughs> it's fine, but like you know, it was a good interpretation of the Joker, but ultimately it wasn't the model for which you should make all Jokers. Yeah, it it shouldn't be catching. Yeah, it made a lot of money, and then it stopped making a lot of money, so they stopped doing it. Yep. 
yeah. Anyways. So Batman agrees essentially to help uh Barry on this tirade. Yeah. We're be- we're in London now. He's doing it for the boy. He's doing it for the boy. He gotta do it for the boy. We're in London, aka New Themyscira, and we see Steve Trevor looking for an extraction. And you want to talk about an establishing moment for this version of Wonder Woman? Oh man! Oh boy! Adapt This, a DC Animated Universe podcast, is a proud part of the Geek Generation Network. Be sure to check out all of the wonderful podcasts at thegeekgeneration.com.